Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It is the 2nd of April. Nice to have you guys with us. And it's nice that we are still enjoying a beautiful, beautiful temperature here. 70 degrees, still down in the low 50s at nighttime. Supposed to be 80 80 degrees here this morning. And I hear it's warming up pretty well up north. You're getting some spring weather, I imagine. I know this time in New Mexico, I always enjoyed it. It was really nice, nice days. Well, let's get over into some of our fun stuff and history stuff as we get started this morning. Let people have a little bit of time to to log on, get everybody together. The Civil War was declared over April 2nd, 1866. Andrew Johnson declares the war ended except in Texas. Texas was not included because it had not yet formed a new state government to replace its Confederate-based government. This would happen later in the year, although Robert E. Lee had surrendered the previous April, marking the end of the war. Other Confederate forces still remained active. The final Confederate surrender was by the CSS Shenandoah, November 6, 1865, bringing all hostilities of the four-year war to a close. Thank God for that. And radar was granted a patent. Robert Watson Watt is granted a patent for the radar. He is considered the inventor of the radar. Although others had done the research on it, radar is an acronym for radio detection and ranging. Hmm. There you go. And how about some dad jokes to get the day started? I really like this one. How about this? What do you call a beehive without an exit? Unbelievable. (laughs) Leave, you can't leave the hive. Leaveable. Okay, unbelievable. Mm, Okay, how? this is an old one, but we'll do it anyway. Throw it in as a freebie. How does the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And how about this one? What crime do blacksmiths most commonly get charged with? Forgery. (laughs) Of course. All right, let's move over to the reading for this morning. We are in Deuteronomy 8 and 9 and Luke 12. Well, God, thank you for this morning. As you would guide and direct us as we get into your word, that you would show us the things you want us to see by your spirit. Give us some some spiritual insight, God, into these things. Help us see past the, the kind of obvious um, surface meaning, oftentimes to the deeper meaning you want us to see. So thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. So into Deuteronomy chapter 8. God's gracious dealings. All the commands that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. 
that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus, you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in the valley and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery servants and its scorpions and the thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness he fed you manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you. In the end, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and my strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. It shall come about if you even forget, it shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you today that you will surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish. Because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Chapter 9. Hear, O Israel. You are crossing over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, who you know of whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak. Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, and he will subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart, when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, 
Because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. It is not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart that you are going to possess their land. It is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God is driving them out before you. In order to confirm the oath which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Know then, it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord, your God, to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you left the land of Egypt until you arrived at this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was so angry with you that he would have destroyed you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord had made with you, then I remained on the mountain forty days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. The Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written by the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken with you at the mountain in the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. It came about at the end of 40 days and nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down from here quickly, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made a molten image for themselves. The Lord spoke further to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stubborn people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make you a nation mightier and greater than they. So I turned and I came down from the mountain, while the mountain was burning with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I saw that you had indeed sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourselves a molten calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. I took hold of the two tablets and threw them from my hands and smashed them before your eyes. I fell down before the Lord, as at first forty days and nights I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin which you had committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was wrathful against you in order to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also. The Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at the same time. I took your sinful thing, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it, grinding it very small as a fine dust. And I threw its dust into the brook that came down from the mountain. Again, at Tabera and at Masa, and Kibroth, Havatavah, you provoked the Lord to wrath. Then the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you. Then you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and neither believed him nor listened to his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. So I fell down before the Lord for forty days and nights, which I did for the Lord because he said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people, 
even your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look at the stubbornness of this people or at their wickedness of their sin. Otherwise, the land from which you brought us may say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he has promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people, even your inheritance, whom you have brought out by the great power of your outstretched arm. Over and over again, Moses is reminding them, the new generation, how stubborn their parents were, how stubborn they are as a people, as a whole. And he keeps reminding them, if you obey the Lord, you will be blessed, unbelievably blessed. We, you have to try and wrap your mind around what God really, really was saying to them. If they would obey 100% that he was, in fact, the very living God, the powerful God, and continue to go before him and worship him and thank him in humility and say, God, we, all to you, God, all the glory to us, nothing, all to you. We are not in our, ourselves worthy of any of this blessing and walk humbly with him. They would never be sick, never be hungry, never be defeated in battle. In fact, probably I could say they would probably not, never die in battle, although I don't have biblical proof for that, but God would always be victorious. No woman would ever be barren. Their animals would never be barren. They would always have vineyards and, and, and harvests, and there would always be rain. There would never be drought. There would never be hunger, and certainly not sickness unto death. I don't know if he could qualify that there'd be never be any sickness, but there would never be sickness under death. Um, there would be an environment that was essentially as close to the Garden of Eden as God had desired for man before the fall. Remember, this is the first time he's dwelling with them in a physical sense since the fall, since the garden, and he wants, his goal was always to have a an environment where he and his creation could dwell together in in a relationship that was blessed. Uh, he wanted to bless his creation, but he, well, we ended up having a free will, becoming very obstinate and very uh, selfish and very sinful, and so God recognizes the the tendency for us to always fall to the lowest common denominator but he continues to hand, hand out the blessings here they are if you would take them it's all there it's all available and um, of course the for us we get much more than they ever did in that sense is that we are beneficiaries of the cross and forgiveness we no longer have to have kind of a works righteousness uh, for our salvation, but we get it by grace. And we have all of the benefits. We have all the blessings still given to us, but yet future. Um, you know, Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have these tribulations. And we, it's a little bit different for us, but 
if we hold faithful to him, we receive the garden experience as we go into the next life with our resurrected body. So there is a lot of comparison. And I, you think about, I was thinking about reading this, how I wish at times you could read these chapters, these two chapters to people that have known the Lord but have gotten too preoccupied with their businesses and their life and have kind of walked away from the Lord and started thinking, yeah, my business is so successful because I'm so intelligent and I'm so great. You just bring them and say, look, it was the Lord who's done all this. The Lord has given you the power to make money. The Lord's given you the, the brain to be able to think about all these things. Um, humble yourself. Thank the Lord for all that you have and worship him so that you won't fall into difficult days, that you won't fall into kind of being rebellious against the Lord, and which is always going to create tragedy in the end. But uh, we're in a very selfish and fleshly environment these days where everybody is, again, going back to Israel, the same thing that they did, chasing after the flesh and rejecting all of the benefits that we receive out of just loving the Lord and being obedient to him. Luke chapter 12 now, as we move on. God knows and cares. Verse 1. Under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who will kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? And yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to them, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter over you? Then he said to them, Beware, be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and I will build large ones. And there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. 
But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So this is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life's span? If then you cannot do even the very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so, Blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed this house to be broken into. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else as well? Lord, And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward? whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time. Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, my master will be a long time in coming and begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, and to eat and to drink and get drunk, the master of the slave will come one day when he does not expect him and an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him to the place of the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of flogging will receive but few. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. But to whom they entrusted much, to him they will ask all the more. I have come to cast 
fire upon the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on the earth? I tell you, no, but rather division. For from now on, five members of one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he was also saying to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. And so it turns out. But when you see a south wind blowing, you say, it will be a hot day. And it turns out that way. You hypocrite. You know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky. But why do you not analyze this present time? Why do you not even, on your own initiative, judge what is right? For while you are going with your opponent to appear before the magistrate on your way, there make an effort to settle with him so that he may not drag you before the judge and the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer throw you into prison. For I say to you, you will not get out of there until you have paid the very last cent. Too much here to really cover in any great detail of so many things that Jesus is saying. But the the kind of the overarching thing that I'm pulling away from that, this whole chapter is be ready. Jesus is saying, don't be storing up stuff on this earth where moth and rust can destroy the the greater life that we all are to be looking for is ahead. We have this future that lies ahead, and it's often the last thing that we think about. We think, okay, I'll think about heaven when I'm 85 years old and getting ready to die. And Jesus is saying, no, you just need to be thinking about it right now. You start laying up treasures here. You always focused on how to make the bigger IRA, how to make a better retirement. And you don't know if uh, today you could die. This could be your last day. And for any one of us, this could be our last day on the earth. So Jesus is saying, what are you doing for the kingdom of God now? Um, are you laying up your treasures in heaven? He's saying, seek first the kingdom now. In other words, when you have the opportunity to spend all of your time focusing on making money, opposed to reaching out and sharing the love of God, what he's done in your life to someone else, maybe you should think about the latter. Maybe you should think about what God wants you to do to help other people see the blessings of God and using your blessings, your riches, everything you've been blessed with as a testimony and not to pat yourself on the back, but to, to give God the glory to say the only reason I have any of this is because of God's goodness, because of his mercy in my life and the way he's uh, allowed me to go to school and have the ability to make an income. So he's, you know, he's, he's giving these parables of the rich man and many of us uh, kind of... <laughs> Are, are in that same boat, we can identify that we have been blessed. Many of us are in retirement, and we have enough money in the bank that we don't have to work. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. That's good stewardship of all that God has given you. But it's not about figuring out the new sailboat we want. It's about figuring out what does God want me to do with his resource for his kingdom? How can I best be a steward of his money? And then asking God if a sailboat works into that or not. 
God, not opposed to us having fun at all, but he wants us to prioritize. So this is the, the whole thing of, of priori- prioritizing and um, being ready. And the whole other thing that people like to, Christian and churches like to try and get their focus off of is this imminent return of Jesus. It is... <laughs> It has plagued the church for centuries where people have taken a theological stance. Well, it doesn't really mean, the eminent turn doesn't really mean that he could come back for a rapture. I mean, that's ridiculous, a rapture of the church. That's just, that's ridiculous. We don't believe he really meant that. And yet you read all through the scripture and you keep reading through it and he says, hey, just telling you this, I'm coming an hour when you're not going to expect. And I'm going to come back and the Lord is coming back. And when he comes, he's going to come like a thief. It's going to come back, and in this instant, we're going to be out of here. And yet, main denominations, Catholic Church, and different people have said, "No, we just we, we, that's spiritualized. It's not literal. Jesus is not going to come back for a long time." And what does the parable say? <laughs> beware, beware! If you say, ah, "I can take my ease," the Lord's not coming back for a long time. He anticipated this. He anticipated people would think that, and he's saying, "Don't go there in your mind." The Lord can come back at any time. And we are to be aware of the things around us, like the weather. If we're as astute about the weather, what's going on, we should be just as astute in studying what's going on with the weather in prophecy, with what's going on around the world scene. And right now, we are the storm. <laughs> the clouds are storming. The storm clouds are brewing. They're on the horizon. They're coming at us. And we know, hey, there's a huge storm coming. Prophetically, everything is all lined up for the Ezekiel War, the end, and Christ to come back, the one world government. I mean, one world government used to be conspiracy theory. Remember that just five years ago or so? I remember talking about this 10 years ago, and people were still going, come on, you don't really believe there's a cabal, a one world government, one world. And now the mainstream media talks about it. Yeah, everybody's going, yeah, there is a one world globalist government trying to take over. So we're that close. We've got to be mindful. We've got to be aware that we are in the end of the end days. All right, Charles Spurgeon, true heart energy. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself whole to them that thy profiting may appear to all. 1 Timothy 4.15. This is practically a promise that by diligent meditation and the giving up of our whole mind to our work for the Lord, we shall make a progress which all can see, not by hastily reading, but by deep meditation, we profit by the word of God. Not by doing a great deal of work in a slovenly manner, but by giving our best thought to what we attempt. We shall get real profit. In all labor, there is profit, but not in fuss and hurry without true heart energy. If we divide ourselves between God and mammon, or Christ and self, we shall make no progress. We must give ourselves wholly to holy things, or else we shall be poor traders in heavenly business, and that our stock-taking, no profit, will be shown. Am I a minister? Let me be a minister wholly, and not spend my energies upon secondary concerns. What have I to do with party politics or vain amusements. Am I a Christian? Let me make my service of Jesus my occupation, my life work, my one pursuit, 
We must be in and in with Jesus, and then out and out with Jesus, or else we shall make neither progress nor profit, and neither the church nor the world will feel the forceful influence which the Lord would have us exercise. Boy, that dovetails beautifully into what we just read in Luke, to be about the Father's business and to be not laying up treasures in heaven and to be here not so focused or not in the focused into politics, but uh, I should say into people. We should be focused into people and being lifting up the Lord. So, um, yeah, we we need to stand up for what's right, but just remember that the people that are of a different political viewpoint. Uh, God loves and wants to touch their lives, and it's more important for us to try and communicate to them on that level than on the political, when at all possible. Be sensitive. They're lost. They have no idea. And many of them are panicked. And now they're finding out that what they were hoping would happen was not happening, that all they're standing up for the rights of the, the what they consider weak and indefensible is now coming back on them. They're seeing there's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisy in the governmental systems that they have supported, and they're just starting to recognize it. And we can be the people that can reach out in love and say, "This is the truth, and this is where this is where we can make a difference, where we show them that the love of God is focused on the people and not the politics." Keep that in mind as things are heating up more and more as getting crazy out there on the on the world stage. Well, let's pray and let's uh, ask God to bless this morning and as he always does and to give us kind of an insight into uh, what is going on in the world uh, because we need it. We really need to see how this is fitting into biblical prophecy. We are praying for Ukraine. We know that Ukraine is not itself a righteous nation. We love the people. They have weird policies. They have weird politics. They're not even a democracy. And it's the world seems to be, these globals seem to want to use this whole thing between Ukraine and Russia to start a war. And we want to pray against that. So as the horn behind me is sounding the alarm, <laughs> we shall sound the alarm in prayer to be very mindful of the things that are going on in the world. Maybe that's the uh, Holy Spirit under, underscoring the need to be on alert for the things going on around us. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for blessing us with this time together. And help us, God, as we are, are, are astute in looking at things going on around us today to be understanding of our times. We want to pray for the not only the peace of Jerusalem and your protection against Iran and the developing these missiles and, and their desire to destroy the land, but also now with Ukraine and Russia, Father, we don't we don't want anyone to die. And we know there are Russians in the military that have no desire to be fighting. Some even seem to have been uh, forced into service against their will. So, Father, we pray that there's, there's so many uh, of the public in Russia that are against this war. We pray for, for your sovereign hand to be upon this situation and you would stop this war somehow miraculously and that uh, the, the innocent would be able to have shelter and be able to find food. We know people that have been trapped in their homes and basements that have not eaten 
a meal, decent meal for well over a month, barely surviving on water and a few little scraps here and there. So God, we pray that they find food, find shelter, medicine, God, in that you would be uh, somehow using the world leaders in a positive way to bring about an end to this whole thing. In the meantime, God, we want to lift up our brothers and sisters that are that are dealing with a lot in their in their lives with their health issue. We thank you for Francisco who's doing better and is uh, being able to um, talk and and be able to eat. And we thank him. Thank you, God. He's gaining gaining strength, and we pray that he has uh, strength in his mind that he can think clearly. I can't imagine what that might be like to come out of a surgery like that. And that the medicine is not clouding his his um, thinking at all. But we just thank you for that, and for uh, Pastor Joan Busidius, thank you for him. And that we pray that by today that he's feeling really good, that he might be feeling very well, and uh, maybe even enough to walk around and and perhaps um, think about coming home. So thank you for what you have done in that situation in his life. We want to lift up Karen Scoo, God, and uh, for her continual strength and our friend Juan Carlos in Mexico City who's dealing with this tumor in his sinus cavities around there God that needs to be evaluated and uh, probably taken out if you choose not to shrink it supernaturally God we pray that he's able to meet with the doctors and able to get this thing out as so many people know you can't always get these things done when you want to when you have socialized medicine. So we just ask that the appointments would be organized and be able to meet the doctor as soon as possible. And uh, Father, we thank you for uh, Celeste, who's also going through treatments, that she be uh, get success and alleviation of all that she's dealing with there. Uh, and the others want to continue to lift up that have had secession of, of their cancers that have had, uh, you know, that are in remission and uh, people that are feeling good. Carlos Alessandro, who has bladder cancer, we want to lift him up and uh, ask you to pray for, for our brother. God, who needs that? That's uh, got to be a, um, quite a blow when you get that kind of news and not expecting it. Your life's been, been going one direction and all of a sudden you have to make a U-turn and stop and really focus uh, and, and get evaluated and get healed. So uh, pray for him, not only just for the healing of the body, but also for the mind, for uh, not healing, but just a, the ability to be let you fight that battle, to be strong, to be strong in the Lord. Pray for that for all my brothers and sisters that are dealing with these health issues. I know that tends to be where my issue becomes, where you feel so beat down and asked why and why me, and you have uh, so many so many doubts or fears, and, and the enemy likes to attack us in our mind. So I really pray for, for strength, for an understanding, and a, a comfort, uh, an assurance, knowing that whatever treatment options that we choose are the right ones and that we can receive the greatest amount of healing from, uh, from them. So thank you for him and for these other people. And Father, we want to pray for a vacation Bible school as well as we are now planning to get into these uh, last week before we really get things cranked up and get it going. You help Renee get all of the plans together with this baby and get all of the details hammered out and then we get some help 
could put this whole thing on so it's fun that it's informative and it's just and it's life-changing for these kids so we ask you to bless that and ultimately also for the the outreach the coming in in may for the um skaters and the outreach going through the whosoever's and so thank you for that father we bless you and we thank you in jesus name amen we will see you guys on monday please read ahead if you will and i'll try and get also a podcast out today if you want to listen to it uh it will be deuteronomy 10 and 11 deuteronomy 10 and 11 okay god bless bye-bye